Good afternoon. Uh, this is part two of a teaching series in Ephesians, and last week we went through chapter one, uh, verses one through two. We just did the introduction, really the introduction of Paul's greeting to the, to the Ephesians. I looked at uh, Paul and some of his background, who he was before he was Paul. He was Saul and the persecutor of the church, and and God's uh, uh, interrupting his life, is calling him and choosing him to be a messenger to to uh, to the Gentiles, and he is called there. And, and then uh, so we looked at that background, and also looked at the church he's writing to. The, the Church of Ephesus and the believers, the faithful ones there, and in the, uh, the background of them, in in how God uh, uh, intersects Paul with them at a certain timing and bringing about the birthing of that church and the beginnings of that church and the growth of that church uh, uh, during Paul's time in writing to them uh, here. And then uh, also talking about, not just that, helping to understand when he's writing here, what we're going to look at through uh, these six chapters in Ephesians is there's the background of the, 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 especially the Gentiles, the, 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 their background in pagan worship and pagan culture uh, and the Greek culture there. Uh, we talk, I talked a little bit about some of that that would have been a great influence in them. And Paul, some of the things he writes is to address some of those things that maybe still have an impact on their belief system and call them to, to, to Christ and, and to believe in what Christ has done and who he is. And so today we're going to pick up uh, in chapter 1, verse 3 through 14, and um, we're going to read this. It's really one long sentence. So Paul has this introduction of you know greetings as he's writing normal, his normal letters, as he writes to the churches, and just who he is and who he's writing to. And then the next uh, uh, 11 verses, 10, 11, 12 verses, are really all one long sentence, which starts off with in verse 3, um, with Paul saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And some translations say, uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm reading from the ESV, whatever other translations that are out there. It's really Paul is with this one long sentence. Sentence is he's pouring out his heart in praise and thanksgiving, even to the point that there's three times, uh, three different times during this, the in these verses that Paul makes his proclamation to the praise of his glory, meaning to the praise of God's glory. See here, he starts off. Uh, with his heart, his heart is on fire, and he's 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 uh, desiring to to glorify God here. And as he starts his letter, he he starts it off with praise, and the intent is he's honoring God for all he's done, not only for him but for them, the, those in Ephesus, and he's really trying to call them. Remember, he's writing to them. Why would he write this to them? He's stirring their hearts to have their hearts become a fire on fire for God and in passion for him and what he has done. And it really is an invitation not only to the readers that he's writing to at, these, at this time, but also as us as we read, that we would join in in giving God praise as, he's, as he is the only one do all that praise and he deserves it from us. And as you read, read these, it's, it's Paul is um, speaking about different things God has done for us. And so, and as we read these verses, we try to be captured, as I read them, 
and as we as you read them with me, try to be captured by the the reason why God is to be praised, and the, and it's just it's just there's a there's a this momentum of the statements Paul makes, and it's it's like they start to gra- uh, gain speed and weight, and and uh, call us to join right in and 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 follow in with with Paul in honoring God and praising Him. So do that as a, think think through these words as I read them, and as you read them, so you, you can if you have your Bible, you can read them. It's Ephesians one verse 3 through 14 and um, let's all I'll read them here it says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in him we have obtained inheritance, having pre- been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Wow. There's a lot there. I mean, Paul states, and just so you know, I mentioned in part one that I'm going to try to keep each episode to under half an hour. The first one we did was a little longer, almost 50 minutes, but I want to keep trying to do the ongoing episodes to that half an hour um, around that time, and this, there's no way we're going to get through all of these verses from th- verse three through fourteen in a half an hour. So it's going to be the, this section, this one long sentence is called the praise. This uh, this moment of thanksgiving that Paul um, has here, and and uh, is encouraging us to take part in in his statement of all the things God has blessed us with. We'll break it up into a couple of, of, uh, of episodes. It may at least two, and maybe even three. But let's take some time to look at. It. Let's look at verse three and four uh, to start off with. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. And then he starts a new sentence, which we'll carry on to the verse 5, is in love he has predestined us, is, it, is verse 5. And here is, um, Paul starts off with talking about blessed be, or, or praise be to God our Father. And what's the very first thing? Uh, he tells us that, that the reason we should be praising and blessing God. He says, every blessing... We have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every blessing we have flows from our loving Father. There's a scripture from Luke chapter 12, verse 32, where where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, Fear not, little flock, 
for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his pleasure. He's, he's not giving us these blessings reluctantly. It's his pleasure. He, he looks to bless us. So what's, what's Paul telling us here in the very beginnings to pr- in, in blessing and praising God is these blessings, they come from our Heavenly Father. And it tells us something about our Father in Heaven and what He thinks of us. And because we're in Christ Jesus, we are His sons and daughters. We're sons and daughters of the Father's love. We are objects of His pleasure and His delight. And this is, this is something uh, that they need to understand and we need to understand. And Paul's writing to them. So he's writing to it. He's making this point to start off right here with uh, them understanding the heart of the Father to bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And Paul says, he, Paul says, he has blessed us. Not that he's going to bless us. See, being blessed by God, it meaning it's a, it, it's a meaning to uh, excuse me. The word blessed uh, is means to be to be uh, be a benefit, to be to prosper us, uh, to do good to us, and so so he uses his word in the past tense. It, it, so he it, he has blessed us. He has done stuff to benefit us. He has done things for us to prosper us. And so it's something that's in the past. It's something that's already been done for us in Christ Jesus. And so the, the benefit for believer, it's something that occurred. It started, first of all, it started, as he says, he's chosen us, right? That scripture I read in verse 4, it says, He's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. See, before creation, we were part of his plan. He was purposed in chose, choosing us in blessing us before the foundations of the world. So the benefit that we have is something that comes, it's, it's, it's rooted in the past, in God's heart, before time began, starting in eternity past. God was purposed that he was going to choose us and to bless us in Christ Jesus. And then comes time, there's creation, and then there's a fall of where Adam and Eve sin and they fall away. Then God chooses, chooses Abraham, in telling us his intention was to bless all, all of us through Abraham's offspring, Jesus. Even in our, the, the lostness of all humanity, he cho- chooses a man and tells him, I am going to bless all humanity through you, through your offspring. And that's Jesus. And then God, at a moment in time, sends his son, God, uh, Jesus, who is God himself, and he takes on flesh and becomes a Christ, and he gives his life so we can experience those blessings that God purposed for us before the foundations of the world. That's important for us to understand um, why uh, Paul is making this point about the Father in heaven. And really, he's comparing them. And this is a stark contrast to the um, pagan gods the Gentiles would have been worshiping and been a part of their culture and understanding the gods that they worship, all the various gods that were around. And, and so the word blessed, blessed uh, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. See, that word blessed, would have never, that, that was not really used in, in the Greek literature, especially with regard to all the various um, pagan gods in, within that Gentile culture, that the pagan gods were going to bless them. 
And so, see, that would not have been used, like for Zeus, like they were giving sacrifices to Zeus, and it doesn't say that he he would bestow a specific act of blessing on anyone. Uh, instead, they would have said something like, he would cause good luck, or good fortune, or good fate. And so, and not only that, that, you know, Zeus would not have known them before creation. Uh, nor would he, they would have thought of these gods as knowing them before creation, knowing that they had a purpose, that these, all these pagan gods had a purpose for them to be a part of these different pagan gods' plans. Here, Paul is saying, here he's writing to these pagans that their understanding of the gods, he's trying to get them to see our Father in heaven in a whole different light. And it calls us to see that too. See, he's not like, our God's, our God's not like that. He's purposed to bless us. His desire is to prosper us and is a bit to be a benefit to us. And so he knows us before time. So he's making this contrast. And so, and even, even as they, they um, uh, the, the pagan gods, they saw, they didn't see the, the pagan gods as pre, being predisposed as wanting to bless them. Where here Paul is sitting, God our Father is, even before time, he, would, he had purposed to choose you and bring you into to be a part of his family. And so here, it's a contrast because those pagan gods had no, there was no predisposed idea that they were predisposed to, to want to bless or to give good fate, as they, they would have used those words. Um, so in, 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 what they would do is that in their worship of their pagan gods, they would have to bring a sacrifice um, that, that, would, they would, that they put forward in hopes that it would appease the god, whether it would be Zeus or whether it be whatever the god of, um, of the harvest or the god of fertility, whatever it was, they would put these. They would bring a sacrifice and sacrifice to the gods and hopefully appease them in their wrath. So they saw them not as being predisposed as being uh, benevolent, but the opposite. And they had in hopes it would provide that sacrifice within that in those pagan culture that in hopes that the, that, that the, the God would then become benevolent and give them a better fate and, and, and to give, give them good luck. And when I say fate, it was not, they were locked into thinking like their fate was assigned already and they had no, it had, there was no meaning in regards to no purpose for them and they weren't connected to something bigger than their own life or, or this, 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 uh, this age. But here Paul is writing to them and establishing that God is different the God of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who gave his life on the cross is different than the gods you've known before. He's predisposed to being benevolent. And we see in Romans chapter 3, verse uh, 24 through 25, is another place where Paul writes down um, uh, something about this where he uses a word here. And let's read it. And it says, And we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God put forward, We're talking about He put Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ forward as a propitiation by His blood. Some translation would say an atoning sacrifice for propitiation. In that Greek word, they would have understood that Greek word. So let me finish reading it. Uh, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to re- to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance. He had passed over former sins. That word, the Greeks would have understood in their pagan worship. That was that was the sacrifice that was put forward 
to appease their pagan gods in hopes of getting a better fate. And here, Paul writes in Romans, and actually uh, the Apostle John writes in the first letter, uh, uh, 1 John uses the same word, and he's saying that God, not us, God himself, put forward a propitiation, a sacrificial sac- a sacrifice by the blood of Christ for us uh, to be have our sins passed over. So he, he said in, in um, that this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he, he passed over sins in the past because he knew he was going to put forth Christ as a propitiation that it would appease the wrath that was due our sin so that we could be forgiven and experience the blessing of God. So God provides the, the, the atoning sacrifice so that we could experience the, the blessings, all the, all the spiritual blessings and heavenly, heavenly places that God provided for us in Christ Jesus. So here's this contrast that God our Father's like compared to what the gods of the pagans are like. And, to, and, and that's significant. Paul is saying that, the, that God the Father is not like all the other previous pagan gods they would have known and, and worshipped. He has always been predisposed and purposed to be benevolent to us before the foundations of the world. He chose us for himself. So we don't have to try to convince him to be benevolent. This may have been hard for those Ephesians as they're, they're hearing this to understand, but, but would have been very important for the Ephesians to understand. And this is for, for, for us too. This is for us to understand. Even those that come from a religious background or a religious tradition growing up, um, and just I think of myself, it's, it was hard for me to understand as God being predisposed that way. So as, as a, uh, in, in the tradition I was brought up with, with God was harsh, God was, uh, was angry. He was seen for me like, growing up as he was this grandfatherly kind of figure that was disconnected from us. He didn't have a part of our life. I, he didn't really uh, see us as a part of his life. And, he, and really the only thing he was looking down on us for is to find out when we made a mistake. So he could punish us, not so he could bless us, and that was a that was a hard one for me to, to transfer and tra- transition from rather not transfer from transition from in a way I thought about God the Father. So when I first came to Christ and reading my uh, a Bible and see reading the Gospels and seeing the life of Jesus and seeing who He was, I fell in love with Jesus. He became really alive to me. And there was a struggle. Yes, I heard the Father gave Jesus up. And even as I read these scriptures here that I just read, I struggled with this perspective of my Father in heaven and seeing him as pre, being predisposed. And I had to, it took a while for me to get this, not just for me to grasp it, I can mentally understand it, but for it to capture my heart. And see, Paul, it's captured Paul's heart because Paul was a persecuted. He was killing Christians. And he comes to understand God the Father differently. And here he's wanting those readers here in the early church uh, is to understand the Father's heart, the Father's love for them and his, 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 his disposition in himself that he's predisposed to want to be benevolent, wanting them to experience, wanting them in us as we read this to experience the fullness that we can have in Christ Jesus. In Paul's writing, so it's important for us to grasp this and this, and this to grasp and get a hold of us and for us to understand what our Father's like. I mean, and if we jump over to verses 7 and 8, I'm going to jump past verse 5 and 6 for a minute. 
in verse 7 and 8, it says, In him, meaning in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us, upon us in all wisdom and insight. I think we can see uh, why Paul starts off this letter with, with uh, blessing God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, or praising Him and calling the readers there and us to just that, that you know, we, these spiritual blessings we have, He's chosen us. We're now holy and blameless before Him. And here He says uh, that He's blessed us in the blood and that we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Wow. God provided the means for himself to lavish the riches of his grace upon us so we can experience it. So that's what the propitiation was. That's what the atoning sacrifice was. He put forward Christ. Here he says he's, he's predisposed to being benevolent. Paul's writing and he's saying he's, he put forth the sacrifice that we could be blessed by him, that we could know the character of his heart and his heart towards us as followers of Christ and all, all humanity for that. And he says that he's, he's done this so we could experience um, the, the fullness of his, of his grace and this this makes me think of of uh, of uh, my grandkids when I am I'm coming over to see them. Um, they're wondering what may I be bringing for them, right? This is this is is maybe something special that I handmade because I I do woodwork and and I'll make different things for them out of wood. And th- there's an expectation they already have. They're wondering if I've I've brought something for them, and. Uh, uh, one of them uh, being being excited on his on his birthday uh, when I showed up at the house to visit them, he was asking he automatically, Pepe, what did you make? You make the greatest things for us. What did you make for us? See, there was this perception already in their heart that they have of me, and it fills them with hope and anticipation. Pepe makes things for us. Pepe's bringing something for us. Pepe's predisposed to give us stuff, to bless us, to give us something that will delight us. He takes pleasure in that. They don't say those words, but that's their expectation. See, the grandkids know me, and they hope in what they know and ask for. And see, this is what Paul's trying to write and have us understand and get 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 a grasp of is his the Father's heart for us. And Paul knows it. Paul was, he was given to the law. He was stickler about it. He was strict. He was, he hated the Christians. He hated this concept of what they were were, were speaking about. And he was persecuting. And, and all of a sudden, God comes and rescues him from that and shows him, pours out the riches of his grace and lavishes on him. And he understands it now. He knows forgiveness that's come from, because of Christ in Christ alone, and he wants the, the Ephesians who's come to know that he here to starts this letter to them right here, these, these moments, talking about the blessings that come from God because of the grace, the riches of his grace that he lavishes on us. He wants them to have a, a perspective of our Heavenly Father that starts to shape how they live life, how they see life, and how they perceive things that are going on around them. This is this is so important for us to know. It's to know our Father and to know what He's like, who He is. And so we become grounded in Him and His love for us. It's about having a foundation of understanding God's heart for us and to know His will and His purposes, even when it doesn't 
doesn't not make it doesn't make sense. It, we're, we're all around our life, all the third circumstances. We look at the the world, our different situation we have going on in our life, me and my wife, and, and just in the world in general. And we can be driven by all the circumstances. But Paul, just as these Ephesians, they're being driven by the things that around their culture. They're being influenced. They can't get away from that. They still live within it. But Paul's wanting them to be driven by God's heart for them, God's heart for us. This is important so we are not deceived about our Father and His heart for us, especially when life does not seem to make sense and it's hard. Now, being a Christian, sometimes we think, well, everything's going to go smoothly, just right, you know, it's going to be, you know, all perfect. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's that's not the way life goes. At some point, we deal with hardship, struggles, pain, suffering, not our own, maybe others we love. And some of those things just don't make sense. But in that, we cannot be deceived in thinking that God is does not have a heart for us. We may not understand the circumstances, but we need to understand who He is. See, He's not like the pagan gods that these Ephesians would have previously known and worshipped. Neither is our Father like the distant, impersonal, uh, harsh gods of institutional religion that I grew up with, that I understood that I had to be had to be set free from to know my Father for who He is right now. It's a, a, a good spot for us to stop for this episode here. Uh, just to, want to encourage you to take a moment and to uh, read through uh, chapter one, verse three. Uh, through eight there, what we've kind of looked at, um, and we're going to pick back up there, but just read through that and think about the spiritual blessings that he's given us in Christ Jesus. And we're going to pick up on that with the the blessings in Christ Jesus and with uh, that next time. But between now and then, just read that and ponder. Let that, that, what I've shared, let that settle in. Uh, Paul come to understand the Father and his heart for him and, and his heart for the world, especially as being a Jew, his heart for the Gentiles and pagans and those that are different than him. And so and he's come, he wants us, one of them as readers, and us as now readers 2,000 plus years later, to understand the, the Father's heart for us, for God so loved the world, God so loved people, he gave his son that they could experience the blessings that come through Christ Jesus. And so we're, we're called to know our Father. It's so important for us to understand His heart for us. No different than how my grand, grandkids see me and understand me, and they have expectations uh, built up in them based on their perceptions of me. And so the same thing, we have start to have expectations that really are equivalent to who God really is. And that happens once we start to know Him for who He is in His heart for us. And I pray that that God would just uh, allow us, not just uh, you, but me also, us to uh, grasp that, to understand that, and really to get a hold of our heart deeper than we've ever known, that it would change our perception of Him for us and for the world around us. Until next week, God bless.